This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amal Hawkins. I appreciate you, as always, for tuning in and seeing what I got to say. In the sports world, if this is your first time checking out the Ball Hawk Show podcast, definitely appreciate you. And make sure when you're in the building, you subscribe to whatever platform that you're checking out this podcast. So, not going to hold you long. This is basically like a bonus episode. I want to talk about Le'Veon Bell. Recently had a interview that was released on Sports Illustrated. You can go to YouTube or you can go to SI.com and check out the one-on-one sit-down that he did have. It's like 25 minutes long. I didn't want to include any of the audio in my podcast because that's their material. So I'm going to just point you in the direction if you want to look at it in its entirety. Um, I just wanted to go over some bullet points from the interview that I enjoyed and some things that I felt like he probably should have kept out. Um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So I'm the guy that's going to be like, oh, you shouldn't have said this you sh- and you should have said that. Nah, I'm just going to give you my review of the interview. So uh, shout out to my sponsor, Abram Insurance. Shout out to BlackTux.com. Shout out to Anchor. And shout out to the good folks at uh, The Saber. And um, shout out to HelloJuice.com. So let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. Uh, so Le'Veon Bell, man, in a sense, he broke his silence. If you've been living under the rock, he held out all last season. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were trying to franchise him $14 million. Everybody's paying into $14 million. He's a running back. You know, longevity and running back doesn't go in the same sentence. They're outliers. You really see a running back play at a high level for five to six years. The days of the Barry Sanders, the days of the Emma Smiths. Um, even Adrian Peterson had great seasons and a hiccup then you know great season but you really see a great running back have like five to six straight great years um, that age is pretty much done in a sense I mean I know you have the Zeke Elias right now he's still young I know you have Todd Gurley he's still young but when you're looking at the running back position a lot of these guys are young and it's like one hit wonders in a sense and you had Le'Veon Bell and uh, Pittsburgh was trying to franchise him for the second season in a row. He didn't want that. He wanted long-term stability. And we know the one position that instantly has long-term stability, and it's the quarterback position. Quarterbacks get thrown uh, millions at them of guaranteed money because they are the household name, the face of the league, the most important position. A lot of pundits would say that. And so Le'Veon was pretty much by himself. And not to not to mention had a lot of teammates speaking against him because he wasn't too vocal about what his plan was. He didn't really fill anybody in. And I want I will say this: when you look at this interview, you would get you would kind of get a better perspective of why he didn't stay true to his word in a sense to what he told his offensive line. I'm going to be there after week one. Or I'm going to be there after this day at camp. Because in this interview, she she asked him, the interviewee asked him, um, oh, did I say that wrong? The interviewer. The lady who was interviewing him asked him, you know, what was your plan? 
you know, were you just going to hold out for one week and then come? And he was just like, you know what? I really don't know. Initially, I was just going to sit out one week and then come back. But then I heard some of my teammates say some things that I didn't agree with. And, you know, I just was like, I'm going to just sit out. And that further let me know that Le'Veon didn't truly have a blueprint or game plan or steps in what he was trying to do. It wasn't like Emma Smith when he held out for the Dallas Cowboys and he stayed out two games and then he ended his holdout and reported back. Le'Veon was playing it by ear. And his main thing was guaranteed money. And I'm glad that she asked the question and and she addressed the fact that the contract that the Jets offered him essentially wasn't as much as the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what would it have took for the Steelers to have kept him in Pittsburgh? And he said the guaranteed money, $35 million in guaranteed money that was mine. Because he reiterated that, The only thing guaranteed about his salary was the first year. And if he would have got hurt, that they could have kept their money. That's what I was talking about. It was, you know, a rolling guarantee, meaning it was almost basically year to year. He did not have the the peace of mind. And, you know, with the Jets, he he felt like he got the peace of mind because he got the 30 plus million dollars that is his no matter what. He he didn't get the base salary that he wanted. Um is is like 13 to 12 million dollars but he can earn up to a year and he has over 2000 yards from scrimmage and things like that. Um so the average per season though it includes ways to meet the 15 million per year. Uh, after so the main thing with Le'Veon Bell folks was that he wanted guaranteed money the contract looked good but the true verbiage in the contract did not guarantee him full security for his well-being and he he quote you know he talked about Shazier getting hurt and how that injury affected him and then seeing the breaking his leg and how that treat you know how he was treated so he had a lot to dismiss a lot what he says in this interview because he took some shots at Ben Roethlisberger all he was trying to do was just put out there with a lot of athletes and but they also understand that's not possible every player giving you political jargon no person and no player is treated the same if you got children you don't treat your children the same the reason why i say that because everybody has different needs and it is attached to your temperament and how you can take certain constructive criticism the coach tell me hey i can't treat everybody the same you may think i baby the player way that you live your life causes for me to actually challenge you because babying you since mindset it's actually what's going to get the best out of them so at the end of the day coaches out of them by cutting them a new one cursing them out challenging them getting up in there. you have other players that if you do that to them they shut down they can't take it you have to almost because the more they are wanted they feel like they're wanted the better they're going to play for you so i think he felt like ben was a double agent in a sense and also this is so I just realized while I was editing this that the audio was 
chopping up. So what I was trying to basically say is that nobody's treated the same. No player's treated the same. Any coach that says that they treat every player the same, in a sense, is lying to you because everybody has different needs and you address those needs differently. And what I was saying about Le'Veon Bell when it comes to Big Ben Roethlisberger, that he had a point that Big Ben uh, was seen on the same level as the general manager, similar to what you see LeBron James and how he controls the narrative for his teams because you've earned that, that sweat equity in a sense that your word weighs heavily or heavier opposed to you know himself and also Antonio Brown. So the quarterback position is allowed to treat others differently. We see that with Aaron Rodgers. He does the same thing. So Le'Veon wasn't wrong in what he was saying in a sense, but he's going to see even with the Jets that he was brought in to protect Sam Darnold and the investment that they have into the quarterback. So it's going to be deja vu again that if Sam Darnold is highly successful, he's going to be given that leeway in the sense that if he does win the Super Bowl, he's going to have a lot to say. So that was all I was trying to get to. I noticed that it was going in and out. I wanted to clear that up before I get to the next segment. So nobody's ever treated the same. No player's ever treated the same. We are all treated differently because we all have a chemical balance and a mental makeup that's differently that we have to have our needs addressed in a separate fashion. So that's all I was trying to say. On the field. And Le'Veon learned that in football, when you are a Super Bowl winner and you are a quarterback, your word is the bond in that organization. And Ben has a lot of cachet. It just is what it is. Ben can call people out on the radio show every week. Nobody cares. The GM can come out and say, Big Ben's the daddy, all y'all the kids. That's what comes with the territory. You know, that's, that's, that's just what it is. You go to any organization, and if that quarterback is the face and considers one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and they got a Super Bowl, it is not like you talk about Cam Newton, one of the better quarterbacks a couple years ago, MVP, and now he's considered mid-tier quarterback, and then the, the media don't really rock with him. Like, he can't really go out there and do what Big Ben does because he don't have the resume. But just take a guy like a Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, if he wanted to, he could step out there and he could say anything against the Sun versus a teammate because he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have a lot of leverage. I don't care if they were subpar. They could parlay that into any and everything. As much as people talk about Trent Dilfer and how, you know, the Baltimore Ravens deserve, the the, the defense deserve all the credit. So, hey, Trent Dilfer parlayed his Super Bowl ring into some outside of football that's generational. Like he he has that 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 what is it, that QB eleven series he had on ESPN and the camps and stuff. Hey man, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Regardless, that's a glamour spot, and and that's hard to go against. AB and Le'Veon Bell, they're in a tough road, bro. There's nothing they can say to demonize Big Ben. Big Ben got rape charges, everything. Like, you can't do nothing to a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I'm sorry. You cannot. You cannot. 
You could cancel Christmas. Pittsburgh still the fans. That cop pleads for Big Ben. They can show you. Nah. So when he was talking about how Big Ben was right up on the same level as the GM, I believe him. But I also understand he's Big Ben, yo. Damn right. It's no different than LeBron James right now with the L.A. Lakers. LeBron James, period. It's teammates that's looking at LeBron like LeBron up there with magic. He got a lot of say-so. Yeah, he got a lot of say-so. He LeBron James. I know it's a different sport, but you get the analogy in the picture that I'm painting. You do have players that transcend up and can play double age and play both sides. And you may not feel like they just truly your teammate. Like, Big Ben probably is your teammate, but he just got a teammate with a, with a loud voice. Could he get you fired? Possibly not. He can influence that firing. Just like he influenced, he can influence whether you get your money. Now, if Big Ben would have came out and said, we need Le'Veon Bell, I think the organization really need to pay him. You probably would have had offensive linemen like Pouncey and the other guys co-signing Big Ben because you saw Pouncey was the first one to jump out there and had defense for Big Ben every time somebody's taking a shot at him. Why? Because Big Ben spends a lot of time with the offensive line. It's a relationship there. So they don't understand the disconnect that Big Ben has with A.B. or Bell. It's because their situation is they spend a lot of time together. That's their homeboy. So you're going to think, yo, they dogging my, my homeboy. But it's just their relationship not the same. And, and that's just what it is. Like, everybody's not going to see a teammate the same way. But I thought Le'Veon Bell said some things also in the interview um, that kind of gave you calls to pause how he could go from 250 to 220 or to 215. And that right now he was 230. Like, because people were saying he was 260. He admitted that he didn't work out when he was holding out until close to week one. So even even if he were to report it after week one, he was out of shape. So he was transparent in that. He also said something that gave me cause to pause when he said he felt like Pittsburgh was trying to control what he'd do outside of football, you know, with his rapping and video games and things of that nature. And I sat back and I was like, yo, the Steelers seem like an organization that really kind of lets you do what you want to do. Just look at A.B. and his Facebook uh, contract and always going live and Juju. And all he he's done with social media, you know, going to class with his jersey. Like, they let you do a lot of extracurricular things in Pittsburgh. I never felt like they handicapped guys of what they could do outside of football. I just felt like that was a road, that was an avenue he could have just left alone because, in all honesty, he would have came out looking great if he would have just stuck to the money with the Steelers. I know she asked him about Big Ben, was that a riff? And yeah, you could give your aspect of, you know, we didn't mesh well. And I think it was transparent how he showed, you know, casual fans that, yo, everybody's not the same. And I think people know that. But it, it broke that the status quo that coaches treat everybody the same because that's, that, like I said, that's a crock of BS. And, but that gives the naysayers ammunition to go at him be like good riddance he didn't want to win he just wanted his money hey look man people that say it should just be all about winning yeah it's all about winning but you want to be compensated accordingly it's all about winning but you want to get your worth if that man truly feel like he worth 35 million dollars guaranteed who are we to tell him no you're not 
I always see people say so-and-so is not worth this, so-and-so not worth that. You don't want me coming to your job telling your boss so-and-so ain't worth the salary you paying him. You're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Like I got, you're going to say, ball hall, I got miles to feed. How dare you speak on my money? That's what you're doing with athletes. Yes, it's millions of dollars, but it's still millions that's taken out of their mouths. Yes, we understand that you got a lot of situations in this world where money is needed. But why are we so worried about the athlete? always making money, and not these billionaires who reap the benefits from these athletes, these corporations that reap the benefits from these athletes. Anytime an athlete is set to make money, we speak out on them. We don't say nothing about actors and actresses making 20 and $30 million in the film. We don't say nothing about that. We don't say that they're they, 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 they not worth it. You know, music artists go on tour, make millions of dollars. We don't say they ain't worth it. They put on a show with you, but... Nobody should be making, like baseball, you got Mike Trout getting $400 million. And I see folks saying, ain't nowhere in the world somebody's worth that much money. You work with somebody's willing to offer you. Everybody's worth something. So I think Le'Veon Bell, man, I think, you know, in a nutshell, I think you did what you set out to do. Um, you set out, you bet on yourself. I respect you for that. I respect everything that you said in the interview. I thought you were very transparent. I thought you wasn't trying to just concoct stories to make you look like a victim. Um, and I thought you were just speaking your truth. It's going to be some fans who are not going to like what you said, and they're going to feel like you attacked Big Ben and the Steelers organization. That's fine because that comes with loyalty to an organization. They're not going to want to try to hear both sides. They're just going to hear the side of their organization. But go check out the interview, man. I talked long enough. It's a 25-minute interview. Go to Sports Illustrator, SI.com, or go to YouTube and just, uh, look up Le'Veon Bell interview and enjoy it, man. It's the Ballhawk Show. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.